0: Many in my line have been dragon riders. Very few among us have been dreamers. What is the power of a dragon? It's the power of prophecy. The hour is too late, husband. When Rhaenyra was a child, I saw it in a dream. As vivid as these flames, I saw it. a male babe born to me wearing the Conqueror's crown As I so wanted it to be true to be a dreamer myself I sought that vision again night after night but it never came again I poured all my thought and will into it my obsession killed Rhaenyra's mother Ceres. I thought Renura was the way out of my abyss of grief and regret. But naming her heir would begin to set things right. Oh, it did. I never imagined I would remarry. But it would have a son. What if I was wrong?
1: Rhode Island, welcome to The House of the Dragon with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to The House of the Dragon on HBO. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about fire and blood. My name's Mary Larson. My
2: name is Blake, and uh, you know, there's one thing I know about uh, good old King Viserys: not a good user of the secret. Definitely <laughs> not a good user of the secret. I think right. he had his his journal, maybe you know that he was writing his gratitude journal. Yeah, and he wasn't envisioning it as mm-hmm. if it already happened. I think he was just thinking, "Oh, this is gonna happen." You know, big difference. Huge difference. Huge. You got to act like you already got it. You got to act like you got the kick. You have learned
1: so much, Blake. You have (laughs) learned so very much. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) The fact
2: that I know all of this makes me want to puke. Just want to puke. Why?
1: (laughs) Because
2: not in on the secret in manifestation.
1: You're not in in on positive mindset.
2: No, no. Positive mindset, great thing. Great thing. Manifestation. It's a little harder for me to accept. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I rock it. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do.
1: I know. I do. All right, everybody. So, um, of course, we're chatting about the House of the Dragon. We had a crazy episode take place this weekend. We wanted to let you know that this episode of House of the Dragon with Mary and Blake is sponsored by MinuteWithMary.com. If you are someone who enjoys either makeup or skincare or both, I wanted to invite you personally to my beauty website. In addition to podcasting and being a mom, that is the other thing that I'm very passionate about, helping people feel more confident and creative. So thank you MinuteWithMary.com customers for making all of this possible. All right, let's get into the show.
2: All right, Marvin, your mini plot recap. What happened in episode 103?
1: All right, so three years has passed by. It's been crazy because not only has three years passed by, but they've been at war in the step zones for three years. So, of course, that was Lord Corliss and Prince Damon. They were like battling the crab feeder person for three flippin' years. My goodness gracious, not getting any better. Uh, King Viserys box. and now Queen Alicent have a son named Aegon, and it is his second birthday, and Alicent <laughs> is pregnant with her second child. She is ready to pop. Um, and this is just all making Rhaenyra feel like poop okay Allison's ready to pop Rene feels like poop and she's just pouting and everyone cares about Egan's birthday party and it just rubs it in Rene's face that she's not a boy and uh, they go and they have this hunt for his birthday party because that's what a two-year-old wants hunt. <laughs> and in addition to that, all of these guys are trying to hook up with Renera. Marry me. Marry me. Marry my son. Marry your baby brother. <laughs> Stupid little guys. Anyway, that's what happened. Renera and um, her... Sir Kristen, Sir Kristen, kill a boar. And uh, at the end, Damon gets mad because his brother said, fine, I'll come save you. And Damon says, screw this. I'm going to go kill the cab free- crap creator myself. And he does. And he does.
2: Well, you know,
1: That's what happened.
2: Speaking about the birthday party, Mayor, we all know that the first and second birthday party—it's never for the kid; it's always for the adults. It's like it's like the 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 baby's room. Mm -hmm. It's never for the baby; it's always for the adult. Yep. Because that's just how it goes. Like it's a celebration of the fact that (laughs) the kid survived this whole time, (laughs) despite your parenting. So that's how that goes. All right. This was entitled Episode One Hundred Three. Second of his name, which is in reference, obviously, uh, of course, to Aegon the uh, Second, the the grand uh, the the son of the King Viserys. The director was once again Greg Yatanis. He had directed the previous episode, and the writers were Ryan J. Condal, who is the showrunner of this episode, and Gabe Fonseca. Gabe has written a bunch of different television, uh, but primarily for the show Private Practice. So yeah. if you're a fan of that, he, he served as a staff writer and uh, wrote a couple of episodes for that show. He also has done uh, The Night Shift, the television series. And he also wrote for Jessica Jones, the Marvel show on the Netflix. Actually, now it's on Disney+. And he also wrote the TV series Wu-Tang, An American Saga. So yeah. that is... Is that for the Ooh, writers? Tasty. Yes, it is, and uh, some little bit of news dropped, Mary, oh. um, about uh, the showrunners for Game of Thrones.
1: Okay, and I it. wanted
2: to go over this actually before we get into our flame ratings and do all the other stuff. Mm. Miguel Sapochnik, who was the co-showrunner and the primary director for House of the Dragon, mm-hmm. has left the show. What? Yes, has left the show. Oh, no. He will not be returning for season two. Now, this is not one of those like, oh, I hate where the show is going, or I don't want to do this. He and Ryan Condal were friends. They and Ryan Condal was intended to be the real showrunner, and then Condal would go to Miguel Sapochnik and be like, hey, you know, like you are obviously very familiar with the with the Game of Thrones universe. He would constantly go to him and and ask him about his opinion, and you know, what about this, what about that, and finally, it turned got into the point where Sapochnik was like. You, like they they both decided, okay, maybe I should be showrunner with you. And I
1: almost feel like, buddy, if you're taking up this much time of mine, I kind of want to be paid for it. You're calling me every day, exactly. and I talked to you for two hours.
2: <laughs> so throw
1: me a bone.
2: The 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 deal was, I think, the way that it, you know Sipachnik and Condal have talked about it on the the, the interwebs was that it was going to be a one year thing, and. Then he decided, okay, I'm moving on to different projects because I've now spent however many years on on Thrones uh, in the Thrones universe. I want to move on to different projects and, and and spread my wings here a little bit yeah. more, which makes sense to me. So it's not one of those, oh, I hate this show. Get me out of here. I hate Condole. I hate Gurm. It's I'm just moving on. And what they are doing is they are replacing Sapochnik, not necessarily as a co-showrunner, but uh, they are bringing in Alan Taylor, who who is a game of thrones alum and he directed many of the great episodes of game of thrones and he is also a sopranos alum and he actually just directed the new sopranos movie as well as thor the dark world so this is a this guy is a very talented director someone you know like who gets the universe who gets hbo who gets you know the inner workings of how this world feels Uh so uh, it's really important that they're bringing on another a plus director for season two and he's going to be one of the help he's going to be one of the creative forces behind season two as well so yeah you know just just a a fun bit of knowledge and you know putting you into the into the hands of where the show is at this present moment as a result mary we are talking about episode 103 your flame rating, how many flames are you giving this episode?
1: I'm going to give this here episode a four point five
2: okay, good, very good. I'm giving this episode a four point one. We're getting up there now I feel like this was a sneaky good episode this one is this is one of those episodes where you just like. You look back and you say, okay, I get it. I see where all of this started. I see where it jumped off of itself. Mm -hmm. And I think this is that episode. I I, I can feel it coming from here. So, your GBG, Mary. What do you got for your good, your bad, and your great?
1: Ooh, wow. My good is I'm shipping a princess and a knight. What? I'm totally shipping... Princess Rhaenyra and Christ, Sir Kristen Cole, Sir Kristen Cole um, I just think that they understand each other. They've obviously had three years together. He owes her everything. I think that's really cool. He makes her feel worthy. And part of me is sitting here saying, does she even want to be queen? You know? I know she's complaining, say everyone's my brother, but does she want it? The energy she's giving off is no.
2: I feel like the energy she's giving off is yeah.
1: I think she needs to have a bit more of a positive mindset then because
2: (laughs) Well she's she's learning from her dad. How can you expect Exactly? (laughs) I mean part
1: of me thinks, you know, do you ever dream about you know, she says like I just nobody understands what I go through and I'm envious of them. Okay, you know what? There's been people who've given up their crown before. I watched I watched The Crown on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You can abdicate. You know, you can just go live in the country together and kill boars. So <laughs> that's my good. Is well, he's part, their the time.
2: he's part of the Kingsguard. He's not allowed to, you know.
1: I know, but that's what I'm saying is shift things up.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha.
1: See, I'll, right. I'm going to not be queen. I'm going to take him. Gotcha. Now, my brother can have it and everyone can be happy. So, I just enjoyed their time together and I like how they were able to appreciate each other. Fair enough. My bad, the crab feeder's death was incredibly anticlimactic. Do I need a full out battle between him and Damon? No. Obviously, Damon wins. This guy has grayscale. We don't even see him move. He just like moves his head and his eyes every once in a while. By the way, his eyes, yuck. So, I know that it was an easy kill, mm-hmm. but I just feel like we spent so much time with this creepy crab feeder, Phantom of the Opera pirate. And it's done.
2: Maybe, what? Maybe They've was... been
1: fighting for three years. There's no backstory. Who are these pirates? Why are they so mad? Why do they want to ha- hang out in these caves? What are they fighting for? Like, all of this has gone on. Well,
2: they're fighting for the triarchy.
1: For what purpose?
2: To s- take over the step zones and, and the whole, that whole area, the Why? free cities, and run their own
1: thing. Why? Why do they want it? Because they want, they want the want trade so badly? routes.
2: They want the trade routes. Well,
1: I, I could have used a little bit more. Okay, I just feel like I wasted my time on a boogeyman. Maybe he
2: was too busy listening to the music of the night.
1: That's what I feel like. I just feel like he was a boogeyman that someone eventually had to get rid of. But isn't that cooler? No. You don't think so? No. I want to have this conversation. And then my great is um, the scene between Viserys and Princess Rhaenyra Mm -hmm. when he's telling her, I'm not going to make you marry someone. Okay, you can choose. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take away your crown. I've already told you that a million times. I want you as queen and you can pick whoever you want. Gotcha. That was my favorite.
2: All right. Good. All right. For me, the good was, um, I'm going to say, I have it written another way, but I'm going to do it this way. My good is the fact that Damon doesn't speak a single word in this episode. Not one word. Doesn't mm-hmm. Doesn't say anything to anybody. He just shows up. Gets the note, looks at it, reads it, beats the hell out of the guy. Which, by the way, loved that move from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little Kylo Renny, but I'll take it. Uh, and then he just is a one man army and yep. defeats the basically the entire uh, crab feeder army altogether. Although you know he does get you know, some some luck involved here mm-hmm. too, uh, but. He, and then he, and then he takes out the And again, just doesn't say a single word. His actions define who he is in this episode. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, he is thereby created a myth. That is awesome. Agreed. My bad is not necessarily the reconciliation with Renera when, what actually, which is your great Mary, mm-hmm. but it's the fact that we get another reconciliation with Renera. It feels like a same plot beat that we had in the last episode. And how many times are we gonna be are we gonna be able to do this, right? And and even as I wrote this, I thought about that thinking, well, is that more of an affectation of the relationship that that they share? Is it something that she is a teenager and she's gonna just constantly fight them and they're gonna constantly have to make up and that's just their relationship? But then again, I thought, yeah, but the in reality is not an excuse for storytelling. So mm-hmm. why are we why are we repeating the same exact story beat here? Shouldn't we move on to something different? I like the fact that it happened. I like the fact that he promised her this thing, and it seems like he doesn't fully believe in that promise at the end of the conversation.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Nevertheless, why are we repeating? But my great, my great is the fire pit scene between Alicent and the King. Mm-hmm. I love that scene, and this is why this episode, to me, is sneaky good. Because this episode has more to do, I think, with the king than anybody else. You can make an argument that parallel to the king's story is Damon's story and how they reflect each other. Irrespective of that, I think – what the king does and what he says to Alicent and how that will affect Alicent on her own, mm-hmm. what that does in terms of her friendship or lack thereof with Rhaenyra and how that sets her apart from Rhaenyra, you can tell now that the show is setting up Alicent versus Rhaenyra. Yes. No matter what. It's not it's not Rhaenyra versus Daemon. It's not Rhaenyra versus Rhaenys. It is Alicent versus Rhaenyra. And – in the middle is caught the king and what that means for him and his family and how that can t- – how his decisions are taking down his, his own family, which in and of itself is reflective of his legacy, which I think he's so concerned with. Yes. Uh, and how he will be his own undoing. I love, love, love where that, was, where that was going. So that is that, Mary. That is my good. That is my Great. And that is my bad or my awesome. good. Bad. My good know bad, right? yeah. We know what you're saying. We
1: know what you're saying.
2: you ready for the small council feedback? See what everybody else I said. Am.
0: All right, let's do it. His grace has many cares. He entrusts some small matters to us that we might lighten the load. We are the Lords of small matters here.
1: Starting things off is Shannon Ripshire. She said, I hated Damon in the first episode. I hated him a little less in the second, but the third, I must admit, he's growing on me. Corliss is my favorite, though, and I feel like Lionel Strong is a strong contender to be a favorite, too, as he feels safe to trust. But I'm going, uh, trying not to grow attached, because the last time I had two favorite characters in Game of Thrones, they died in this. Same episode.
2: (laughs) Susan Masood Farley says, the best episode so far. But I have a dumb question, though. How is a guy with dragons losing a war? Why doesn't he just have the dragon destroy the crab feeder's land and army? They may have addressed that, but I've only watched it once. And Susan, let me answer that question. The way that it's proposed in the show is the dragons showed up and each time the dragons showed up, they would just, the, the crab feeder's army would hide in caves. So liken it to how things were in Afghanistan. Like, yeah, you can bomb the hell out of them and have all these things. But you when you can't reach them because they're in mountains or they're in caves, it doesn't matter how many dragons you have. Yep. It's not going to work. Uh, So that is why someone could be losing the war. And it's not necessarily just the fact that, oh, all these guys are dying. It's the morale of all of this. Like we keep fighting. We keep doing this and nothing is changing, which is why it's so pivotal that Damon does what he does at the end of this episode. And the last one, Mary? Mary?
1: And the last writer in for the small council is Miss Whitney Owens, Five Flames. This is the TV I've been missing since Game of Thrones ended. I mean, I have chills. I had tears at one point. I was cheering the entire episode, and I feel bad that this is what the Rings of Power has to compete with, because it has been such a good television, such good television.
2: All right, we also have some voicemails. You ready for this, too? Sure am. Let's do it.
3: Hi, Mirren Blake. It is Gloria. I'm really enjoying House of the Dragon, but I've had to keep it a score of five flames. This was a 4.5 to me. I think we're going to get time jumps in almost every episode. At least, that's what it seems like. As for the performances, the actors who portray the king in Otto, and he'll be middle finger to me from now on, <laughs> are the standouts of the episode. Okay, Viserys, after three years, you're going to finally do something to help your brother. Damon's like, no effing way. I'm taking him down and literally sprints into the mountain and comes out with half a crab feeder. It was pretty gross, but look cool. I wanted more of the crab, sto- crab feeder story. Um, he seemed to just be there to give Damon something to do. Seeing another dragon, Sea Smoke, was great, though. I think his rider is Lenore, the son of the Valerians. Um, the battle scene was wicked good. But how many arrows were coming at him at the same time and only two or three hit him? He's a great fighter, but certainly not the Flash or Superman. <laughs> I would have loved to see that fight between Damon and Crab Guy. Jason Landiston, trying to woo Rhaenyra's. Dude, back off. She's not interested. He has a lot of cojones. Or as my family likes to say, gulanachis. <laughs> I like the whole Sir Kristen and Rhaenyra dynamic. They're cute and clearly getting closer. Mm-hmm. I do like the princess went, um, went to town on the boar. Nice touch. The w-
2: Well, looks like she got cut off there. Sorry, Gloria. But I appreciate everything that you're saying. And Mary, this I think this is when I want to have this conversation because Gloria brought it up. And you you seem to bring it up too, which is you wanted more from the crab feeder. You wanted to know more about him. You wanted to know like a little bit more of a backstory. My contention, and I honestly believe this, this isn't like you know, uh, you know, just for the sake of conversation. Part of me just likes the fact that um, that he's there and. You just know that he's there. You know that it's a problem.
1: I guess my problem is, is that if this was later in the series, later in the season, later in the series, I would have listened a little bit more. But to have this person, this issue pop up um, in the initial two episodes when I'm just trying to figure out who the main players are, Mm. Are I'm meeting so many people. I don't even know how to say all of their names. I'm trying to figure out where people are going, who's good, who's bad, who's bad. It, I feel like it got lost in the shuffle. If and what they told us, oh, he's fighting because he wants the lands because it's a trade route. Like, I'm not paying attention to you. I'm pretty much Team Viserys in regards to let's just focus on what's going inside my own walls. my mm-hmm. own four walls. Yep. So because it was just dropped in with other things, I just didn't have the backstory that I feel like I needed for him to be such a threat. I think
2: my counter argument to be would be to you that it comes down to, that's probably the best time to do it because yes, is he nothing more than just there for Damon to conquer? Probably. But if you're going to insert something like that right now is the time to do it like you're like how we talked about in one of the previous episodes this world has been existing without you mary and and me and all the all the viewers and the the world continues to exist when the show ends like and then it picks back up again with the next episode so it it reminds me of of shows that or movies that just plop you right into the middle of the story and then you have to figure it out and if you're going to just plop somebody in for, to be an obstacle, doing it in the beginning as an inciting incident for the remainder of the characters, I think it's the right choice. What you're doing is you're saying, this guy's a problem. What he's really doing, why he's doing it isn't necessarily pertinent, but just know that it's a problem. This poses a threat to the, to the Targaryens and this sets up some major confrontation, not necessarily for the Stepstones because the Stepstones are a largely irrelevant area of Westeros. But because the conflict sets up uh, issues between the king and his brother, Lord Corlys, and what that means for the Targaryen, uh, for the Targaryen uh, line of succession. Like this is the thing that spawns it. Why it spawns it isn't necessarily – Relevant. You see what I'm saying? So it makes him more of like a a scary figure. Like this guy shows up. He doesn't say anything to anybody. He has grayscale. He's Phantom of the Opera. And
1: it makes him- I guess like I just don't care. I don't care about Corliss. So when he's saying, oh, these are my lands, these are my people, I don't care about you.
2: Fair, fair. What I will say though, uh, and- and
1: like have the have the crab feeder kill some women and children and you know do bad things that i can see not just feeding some guy to crabs yes that was gross but give me a bigger impact so i actually care about you
2: uh yeah and i will say this too not showing um damon take out the crab feeder bold choice bold choice because it, like this this is a person that we have set up as an obstacle you want to see Damon take out the obstacle what did you think about not showing the fight and what that means for Damon and the show in general like why make that choice do you think
1: cuz it doesn't matter doesn't matter cuz they're just they've made it abundantly clear the crap theater doesn't matter
2: well he, he matters to an extent but not no, but, but Damon's not, what matters correct. so we
1: don't need to see Damon's going to say I'm glad I could kill you and my brother couldn't slash,
2: you know, is that what he's going to say? Yeah. Like what's the point? Exactly. Like he doesn't seem like that much of an imposing physical figure that it would be a big deal for, uh, for Damon to, to fight him.
1: However, however, will Damon now get grayscale?
2: That's a good question.
1: Cause you'd just be touching that whole person. You got his blood all over you.
2: That's a really good question.
1: Didn't see a mask.
2: If he doesn't get grayscale, I will be surprised, and I I will also say, and unless unless it's not grayscale, but it certainly looks like it was. And if he doesn't get it, that kind of undermines what happened to Sir mm-hmm. back in Game of Thrones. So, like, you can't have it both ways. What like what happens? You know, and does does Damon get grayscale, and does he get healed from it? I I think those are all, that's all valid questions. All right, Mary, it's time.
1: It is time. It's
2: time for your dad. Yes, it's your dad's segment. Here we go. For those of you who are just catching up with us right now, Mary's dad is watching House of the Dragon as well, and we started this last episode. And this is this is quickly becoming a favorite segment of mine. It is Mary's dad's thoughts on House of the Dragon episode one
4: oh three. Hi, it's Mary's dad. After watching the second episode of House of Dragons, I thought it was pretty neat that uh, Prince Damon came through as a superhero. They uh, they sent him out basically on a suicide mission to draw the enemy out of their caves, and he was, uh, he was pretty impressive in what he did. I was a little bit sad to see him Kill the crab feeder right off the bat. I was kind of hoping that guy would be around for a few more episodes. He was pretty interesting. (laughs) So now he's going to come back as the great hero. And if I had to make a prediction, I would bet that they're going to try to pair the princess up with the prince. So he gets to eventually be king, uh, but she gets to be the heir and the next in line for the throne. So that's my thoughts on it. I hope everybody has a great week. Thanks, Mary.
2: Your thoughts on your dad's
1: yeah, thoughts? Yeah, me and my dad are on the same page. <laughs> we needed more crab feeder. Okay, need a little bit more.
2: A little bit more? Yeah. Well, what do you think about the his his, his hot take here? Oh. His, his hot take about Damon and Renara being getting put together. This is
1: how Royals do it, man. I think my dad's <sighs> onto something.
2: You know what?
0: Bam. Just like that, a winner.
2: I think you're. I think. I think he's right. I'm down for it. I th- I think I think this is the way that it's going for I uh, think
1: that my dad didn't marry me after my brother.
2: Oh no, that'd would not have gone well. that would be bad news. That would be bad news. Because that means you wouldn't be with me. I know. And you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. No, listener. it'd be kind of gross. <laughs> well done, Dad. <laughs> so uh okay, Mary. We we talked about the crab feeder and we talked about how you needed more of him. I'm over I, it. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of over it too. I mean, it, 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 he is an obstacle. The obstacle has been solved, and the, the the show is moving on. But I think that the show is more concerned with like I know we watched the the ending of the episode inside the episode with Ryan Condal, and he's like, oh, you know, this is the episode where everything changes for everybody. And you know, Alicent and and Renera they step out, and their lives have changed. Even the king has changed, and and, and Damon has changed. But even though there is this great dichotomy with Renera and Aegon and, uh, and how that their succession seems to be intertwined almost, I think the show is more concerned with the legacy bet- between Damon and Viserys. Do you agree with that? Or do you think the show right now is more concerned with Renera?
1: I think they're showing both. Okay. I think it's Viserys. Not necessarily Renera versus Aegon. I mean, he's two. No, I know.
2: What, what I mean is like... But more yeah.
1: Viserys having this kind of like triangle situation where he's being pulled to care about his daughter he's being co- pulled uh, about this issue with his brother but honestly he's not giving his brother much thought right i but- think it's more being pulled by the kingdom versus his daughter
2: yeah what i i guess what i mean is it's not necessarily damon through the eyes of his brother but it's more about damon and his sense of his own legacy in addition to the series with his sense of his own legacy. Like, I think they're, they're running those stories parallel. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know your thoughts. If the show right now is concerning itself with those parallel stories, as opposed to, you know, the, is it more, or is it more concerned with like proving that Rhaenyra is going to be the queen or um, is it, is it setting up Rhaenyra versus Alicent? Like, which, which is it more concerned with? Do you think?
1: Confusing. Okay, no problem. I think that the show is just trying to say this whole family's messed up. Yes, that's so why it's called the House of the Dragon. <laughs> and Viserys right now is the father figure and in charge of this entire family union. Mm-hmm. And I think it's showing the difficulties having with his family.
2: I guess I'm I'm struggling with it because the show itself has two distinct storylines happening, and that is the steps the stepstones with Damon and obviously the stuff that's happening with Viserys and the name day for Aegon and, and intertwined in that is is Rhaenyra. It's almost like two separate episodes in one. Like it I feel like in a lesser show there would be two episodes.
1: But but Game of Thrones did that all the time. You know right. you'd spend some time with one family and some time with another. It's just that we are hyper focusing on this one particular family.
2: Right, right. So and I, and I like the fact that it, it feels almost like two separate episodes in one because
1: they. I would have been bored if either of these storylines were just by themselves. If I just spent time camping, finding the stag, I kind of would have been bored. Sure. If I just spent time, um, you know, battling the crab feeder, I would have been bored. And so, what this was able to do was we were able to have this crazy battle scene. Mm hmm but also have these more tender one-on-one conversations.
2: Mm-hmm. So I think the the show is also giving us through this episode and this is why again why I call it sneaky good because the show is giving us some more meat to the bone. Like for the past two episodes we've said okay, there's a lot of like machinations happening here. There's a lot of political maneuvering and but not in an not in a way that Game of Thrones used to do it and but it's more concerned with like setting up the world and understanding the new families, understanding the new positions. And we have a bunch of people who are just characters that exist like Lionel Strong. I love him. He's a guy that exists. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's my man. Why do you think he's your man?
1: He's my new, my new favorite.
2: Why is he your new favorite?
1: Cause he's got a solid head on his shoulders.
2: He's still saying go, go marry uh laner. Or, no, wait, wait.
1: He's, te- he's saying, now your daughter should marry your cousin. That's what Lionel Strong is saying.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I like Lionel Strong. Like, go, go marry the, yeah. the, the Valerian And boy.
1: I loved that Viserys was like, what, are you going to ask me to marry, have her you marry your brother, your son, whatever, yeah, right? your family anyway? No. <laughs> I'm sticking to the same thing I told you three years ago. Yeah. And I think that this is still the best thing. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Lionel. All
2: right, so nevertheless, I still think the show is giving us... More meat to the bone. We're finally getting something from the king that is outside of, I'm a good guy. Like, you can see that he's really struggling with just this decision that he's made now um, about about Rhaenyra and how that is affecting him. Like, uh, his doubt that he's casting on himself. You know, I never thought I would have a boy. Like, I never thought any of this would happen. And here I am. I thought that Renera would make this all better, and it's worse. Have I made the wrong choice? And even when he does say to her, Renera, I'm not going to replace you, as she walks away, he has this disconcerting look like, "Uh, I don't know if I can live up to this. Like, I know I just said that, but this does not feel right. And this is real stuff from this kid.
1: I took it as more. I feel like I just can't make anything right. She still isn't happy. She she didn't give me a hug. Yeah. She didn't say, thanks, dad, I love you. (laughs) I didn't take it as, oh, I have so many deep things to think about. I think he's a softy and he needs a hug.
2: Well, that's what I'm getting at. Like the fact that you can pull that from that conversation, that means characterization. So either way, whichever way you want to look at it, you're getting something from that character other than what he's named, what he looks like, and what he does. Mm -hmm. That you're like, you're getting something yes, and that's really good. I think you're getting the same thing from Damon. Uh, you, you know, he has been so far the most well-written character. That isn't saying a whole, that isn't setting the, the bar really high because the first two episodes, I think again, it was struggling with the world and getting us back into the world. But now we finally get this moment where you can actually see something that Damon is doing that is informed by his emotions by, and by an actual choice. You know, everyone was saying, Oh, well, who, who's going to be this sacrificial lamb? Who are we going to send to the crab feeder? Who, this is a suicide mission who in the right world is going to do that. And the next thing, you know, you know, visually, and the storytelling is telling you this, it's going to be Damon because he lands, he lands Caraxes and, and, and he goes up to the table, but then he, Beats the snot out of that courier. And then he just doesn't say a word and keeps going. And what we have learned in the middle of these three years is that this battle has gone on. Damon is the one that's fighting it. People think that he is not a good commander, but he still keeps going. And he gets this letter from his brother and says, F it. I'm going to take care of this myself and does it. And that's why I say the show is concerned with his legacy, too, because he knows that he, he, he finally got his brother's attention. But he also, at the same time, can't allow his brother to win, because if he does, that means he will lose out on the glory that he went to go seek from the Stepstones, so I really, really like this. Do you are you finding any other characters that are getting more meat to the bone uh that seem to that seem to um, you know provide a little bit more of texture for our characters?
1: I um I think just everybody. I think everybody is getting a little bit more sustenance mm-hmm. to who they are. We were seeing everything happening with the high towers. Um, continuing to weave a little bit of a of a dark web. I agree with you. The stuff with Damon going to show that no, I'm not going to let my brother win this one. It will yeah. not go down in the history books that he saved me. Mm-hmm. That my weak brother saved me and saved these lands. I am the one that's been fighting, and I'm going to be the one that finishes this. Um, you know, we're seeing more with Renera now taking things. Uh, a bit more seriously, like you were saying, and standing up for herself with all those biddies. Yeah. The the difficulty when you're adding a bit more layers of building on these characters is we did get a slew of new people introduced to us at yeah. this hunt. And at the um now we have the new aged up cousin, uh, who's the dragon rider, yep. who ended up also helping and saving the day. So there's just a lot of people. And obviously, this show is incredibly well written. So we know that anyone who was mentioned, if you had a name in this episode, if someone talked to you, then you're going to be somebody important. So I myself definitely think that we had growth and layers now added to all of the core characters, all of the core Targaryen characters. Sure. But I also think what was really cool in this episode is we were just introduced to a lot of people and we have no idea if they're good, they're bad. I feel like I'm at a murder mystery party. (laughs) Like, okay, is the guy with the crooked foot? Is he going to be good or bad? Oh, I have I some, thoughts I some thoughts about
2: it. I got some thoughts about it.
1: These little biddies who are gossiping, are they going to be good and bad? I don't know. Is the cousin who's now aged up and ready to rock it on a dragon, is he going to be good or bad? I don't even know, but I'm so excited. He's
2: he's rocking a dragon. Okay? That's all that matters. Yes. He, that guy is taking that that dragon, sea smoke, and just ripping people left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have some new Lannisters, we have the new cousin. Oh, well wait, we have the cousin. We have Laris Strong, who is the Clubfoot guy. We have Eamon Valerian, who's the brother of Corlys Valerian. We got you know, we got a lot of new people. And we got coming Hightower's
1: brother. Oh who, yes. I didn't realize they were brothers. Neither did I. So there were two brothers on the council. On the small uh, well council. one
2: one of them is a council member. One is So them- Otto is the council member. And the new Lannister, um, it's uh,
1: who? But wasn't Old Otto's brother? Isn't he in the Small Council? No, or no? he's not. No, then he's not. he has a, a look-alike, some other old guy.
2: <laughs> so, um, so we got a lot of new. We got a lot of new members, and Lord Corliss has been replaced by Tyland Lannister as the Master of Ships. So now we're starting. By the way, I love how the. Thailand Lannister was introduced. You, all you saw was the, the lion sigil. That's it. Yep. You, you didn't need to know he was a Lannister. You didn't, you didn't need to say it. The king just says Thailand and you see the sigil and you know that's a Lannister. Mm-hmm. And you, all you get is that he is the master of ships now. Yeah. So cool. I like how that happens. <sighs> Mary. Blink. <laughs> um, what did you think about the oh you, well actually you know what I will add another thing about some characterization for another character here and I want to mention Ranira. Ranira is like she's she's an interesting character because she is full of uh, she's full of piss and vinegar really uh, in my opinion.
1: What does that mean for people who don't know?
2: It, it's just like she's just fiery man. She just everything gets her up and running and. Little things anger her and little things get her excited and she's just pissing vinegar. Like mm-hmm. she's just ready to rock at all mm-hmm. times. <sighs> but I like this sneaky little subtext that we have. The When we last saw Rhaenyra and Alicent in the Godswood, they, Alicent was reading the histories and Rhaenyra was the one who really wasn't paying attention. And in this episode, we once again see Rhaenyra in the Godswood during you know all the festivities and that that are when they're in King's Landing. And Rhaenyra is reading the histories with much more intent. Mm-hmm. You know, very carefully reading it, asking little the little minstrel to play the same song over and over and over again. That, to me, shows some growth for her, you know, in, in, and not necessarily like in a deep and meaningful way, like, oh, she's changing as a person, but it shows you the fact that she has evolved from the person that was sitting in Allison's lap mm-hmm. to a person that is becoming very defiant and won't even look at her when she's speaking and is now paying attention to the thing, Right.
1: It, it, on, okay, continue.
2: No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go.
1: It made me think so much of an angsty teenager who keeps pushing replay, has the replay button on oh, their song. Yeah. And, you know, the parent comes in the room. Hey, did you clean up? No. And just won't even look. I'm listening to my song, you know, and they're just sitting there <laughs> brooding <laughs> because now Allison's like her faux mom is her stepmom. Hey, honey, it's time to go out. No, I don't want to. I'm listening to my jam. This is my jam.
3: <laughs>
2: Mom. You know, um, I absolutely did that. I totally did that. Did With, what? I, I totally like would sit there and just listen to my song. Of course you would. <laughs> of course I Because you Cause know what? Because
1: we, we all did. We all did. And if you're sitting there saying, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. You had your broody song or your happy song. Yeah.
2: I did that with the big empty by, uh, by stone temple pilots. I would just sit in my room, my room and listen to the big empty (laughs) constantly. Yes. Like, yes, mom, I'm going to vacuum. Okay. And then turn the song back up again in defiance. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's an, that's an old cut for, for you nerds out there. Okay. Um, anyway, um, what did you think about the opening? Cause I really liked the opening. Uh, that felt to me a lot like the Game of Thrones world where you see the, the, the Valerian, um, sigil on fire and the guy is being hammered to the, hammer to the wood by the crab feeder. And he's like, my people are going to come for you. My prince is going to come and we're going to get you. And he puts the crab on his face and he's, and he, he's about to get eaten and then. Prince Damon comes with the dragon. Yeah, save me. And the dragon just stomps this poor guy. I loved, ev- like, that was when I felt like I am in Game of Thrones world.
1: Yes, you are. That
2: felt very much like uh, an ironic beginning. One that, you know, because Game of Thrones, I think, is very can, can be. And when I say Game of Thrones, I don't mean the show. I mean the world, okay? Mm-hmm. The Game of Thrones world can be very dark and it can be very careless and unforgiving and the, almost, you know, I dare say hopeless because of all the things that happen. Mm-hmm. And that to me was one of those scenes that perfectly encapsulated the Game of Thrones world.
1: <laughs> you got so deep. And in my head, I just thought, and that's why you don't get a dragon for a pet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that that, reminds, that makes me think of uh that makes me think of Arrested Development. Remember the guy that was just like, and that's why you always leave a note.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he pulls his arm off. <laughs> yep. That's why Oh my goodness gracious. All right, Mary, talk to me about the about the big symbolic moments of this of this episode. And that of course is the hunt for the white heart, and what you know—that mention of finding this big white stag and how that could portend well for Aegon the Second, and 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 giving validation to his succession for the king. And then not finding one. What did you make of all of the hunt and everything that came along with that?
1: Oh, I just love when people are really looking for signs. Oh, if we, maybe that's what this white stag is meant to be. And there's just so many other variables and so many other people. And this is what you put your investment in. The, the, the country's investment is if you find a white stag or not. You fool. I fool. But of course we get the white stag at the end. The hunt itself was grandiose. Mm-hmm. Looks amazing, it looks like it smells amazing. I think that it's very well portrayed as this is how it probably happened back in the medieval times sure. where it was just a big old party. And really, <laughs> you weren't as a king, you weren't the one really going out and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They will find the poop, tell you this poop is fresh, yeah, or not fresh. You know? Oh, I loved when I loved when the king was smelling the poop and he's like, oh, it smells fresh. And the person's like, yeah, it was a couple days ago.
2: No, a couple hours. Oh, a
1: couple hours ago. Yeah. Which, is that fresh? I don't know. What makes poop fresh? Does that <laughs> mean, in four hours, how far could a stag go?
2: Yeah, what is the cutoff point for fresh poop?
1: Yeah, like, I almost felt like the guy was telling him, no, you're wrong, man. It didn't. That's not like a recent poop. <laughs> that's from this morning. Well, think of it. Like, how far can you walk in three hours? A, st- a stag?
2: Yeah, so like how far can a stag go? I mean, you got to figure you got to you got to figure in time to like stop, drink a little bit okay, of water. cheetah
1: goes what? 30 miles per hour. That's how much the T-Rex goes, right? Well,
2: that's but that's a constant run. But we're not constantly saying constantly running. I don't
1: know, maybe the stag knows it's being chased. I'd be running.
2: Uh, maybe, if I heard the horns. But maybe but maybe he's like <laughs> Let's he, say he, it he's goes, taking some water, maybe, maybe he's eating miles. a couple of leaves. Maybe 10 miles. No way. Is I'm saying f- I'm saying I will say in 3 in a matter of 3 hours, this stag goes Four. at most 2 miles. Two, Fine. at Fine. most. Fine.
1: Fine. <laughs> and then, of course, they catch it, because the king doesn't catch it, and they tie it all up. Yeah. And then he doesn't even stab it the right way. Oh,
2: man, which I, I think works on a, on, on a couple of different levels. One, in a way that shows how Viserys is an ineffectual leader, mm-hmm. that he just... He can't seem to get it right. Like his fears are coming through that. Like maybe he just can't seem to get it right. Um, and I think it also indicates that the the, the, the world is suffering – like, the, the the Westeros itself is suffering as a result of the king being so ineffectual. Like, you know, the guy stabs it. He says, no, nah, you missed it. And the the deer, the, the stag, whatever, it wails out mm-hmm. in, in, in pain and suffering. And then he stabs it again and still wails, and that's it. And everybody around him is silent. And those wails just feels like the world crying out in pain, like, yo, what what's happening here is really messing things up. And it's just...
1: And even if you try, you give the yeah. best effort, and you plunge it in there. It
2: ain't gonna work, Mm-mm. you know. And you know, it, it, of course, I think it means something too that the Lannisters are the ones that give him, you know, the 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 thing the thing to to stab him with the the, the spear to stab him mm-hmm. with, uh, because you know the Lannisters are going to become a a a, a really important family in Westeros. Correct. And. But they're not going to be the most effective family in Westeros.
1: They're also not that big big of a deal right now. No,
2: they're not. They're they're a mid-tier family at most. They're At most, they're, they're a level of Baratheon.
1: And one of the twins is an absolute jabroni.
2: What a clown show that guy is. He
1: does not know proper pickup lines for a princess. I mean, how do you even...
2: But honest to God, though, I give him credit... For at least going and, and, and giving it a shot, like shooter's gonna shoot. Okay,
1: yeah, appreciate. You I'm miss every shot, shot that you down. don't.
2: You miss every shot that you don't take. Okay, I'm just saying. And of course, they're twins, <laughs> played by the same actor. By the way, <sighs> they're not actual twins. Same dude. Love it. So, okay, you're you're Rhaenyra, all right. And this Lannister guy comes up to you. What do you expect him to say to you?
1: Hey. What's your favorite part to eat of a stag?
2: <laughs> That's what you got? I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't know.
1: What, is he trying? I'm my, just trying to get into the mind purpose? of a female. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'm not here for this right now.
2: Fair enough. I don't want to be hit
1: on at a picnic pig roast stag murder.
2: You know what you want to do? You want to go kill a boar. That's what you want to do. What do you think about that scene?
1: Why was that boar so angry?
2: cuz Boar's are, man. Boar's gore. That's what they do.
1: That's terrible.
2: Just ask Jorty in Outlander. That's what he that's what happened to him. And Robert Baratheon. <laughs> oh, that's true. Good point.
1: That's how he ended. Good point. Mm-hmm.
2: So, do you make anything of this relationship? And she
1: obviously needs a stress ball.
2: Oh, yeah. Era. yeah. She let she let loose a little bit.
1: And the person who had the ketchup bottle equivalent of fake blood squirting it on her must have had a fun time. (laughs) Oh, that
2: was great. And she just walks back into the camp and, like, all the blood, like, didn't even bother cleaning it off. You know what
1: I think is quite interesting, speaking about all the blood? How interesting that two characters, Damon and Princess Rhaenyris, are both covered in blood. Exactly.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Even more. Showing that their pairing needs to happen. Yep. Yep. And that their pairing will bring more
2: blood. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> M- Mary. Mary.
1: Blood. 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 <laughs> it makes me want to blood. Speaking of blood. Yep. Viserys just can't get anything right. God bless him. Yep. He tries, but he fails. He has. Oh, you know what I can't wait for, Vernera? When you have babies and then I get to have grandbabies. Yeah, dad, because that's exactly what I want. I'm still washing the image of mom dying in childbirth that you made her have. And all of the struggle. I can't wait to have a baby. <laughs> oh, what was the last thing my mom said to me? Oh, our war is having babies. Like, yeah. this is the worst thing, and it's hard, and it's it, it can be scary and yeah, dangerous. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Yeah, Dad. I'm so excited that you want grandbabies that are going to be the same age as your new babies. Oh,
2: goodness gracious. You yeah. know nothing's good. Co- nothing is good is coming out of
1: it. I love it. It'd, it'd be like someone be like, oh, I can't wait for you to get your wisdom teeth out. Won't it be so fun? No. No. <laughs> Who have you heard that said, I love getting my wisdom teeth out? Feels great. You
2: know who didn't say that? Me. You want to know why? Because I'm the next step in human evolution. I, don't, I only have two wisdom teeth and they came in perfectly.
1: Well, guess what? Viserys is missing two fingers. Oh,
2: yeah. Not, you know what that, that my friend, that is... Not great, Bob. Y- you know the infection's only going to grow. It's only going to keep getting worse.
1: Whatever this. it is, who knows? It is maggot-proof, I tell you that. <laughs> it went well from one finger to two fingers. Maybe he's just going to have a knob. Maybe he'll have a hook. Oh, Maybe he'll have a dragon clock glove.
2: Um, what do you think about the time jump? For I'm, all I'm of here this? for it. Yeah, um, I think you kind of have to have time jumps. Because if you compress all of these events into you know, a certain amount of time, it, it, won't, it won't work. You have to have the time jump. I hope that they eventually slow down with the time jump. I hope that they get to a point where they're like okay we're gonna we're gonna stick to this now mm-hmm. uh but in order for the events to have any weight yeah you you need you Allison needs to have the baby. Allison needs to have another child on the way in order for any of this to work
3: mm-hmm.
2: and in order for that to happen, you need the time jump um and I wonder how far they're going to go and uh, I just I I wonder when 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 these when the story will take root, right? Like because we we know that there are older actors for certain characters that come into play but when do they come into play right like my guess is that halfway through the season we probably get some we, we probably get to the point are where Are you asking
1: older... me or are you just Yeah like what do you think theorize it. Yeah what do you think I think it's next episode Really Yep Or no oh, you know what not next episode because Damon has to come home after all that blood and stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: Unless there's another big jump and during that time, he gets to go on a parade of sorts through those areas. Yep. And then he comes back a couple years later.
2: Yeah. Do you put any significance to Venera seeing the the White Stag um, and series not seeing the White Stag?
1: Yeah, you're the chosen one.
2: So you think that she is the person that she should is. be leading? Yes. Do you think that she should be leading or Damon should be leading? She should. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Now why do you think that Agen is not the person that should be? He's two. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And I know nothing about him. You wonder what that you wonder what that means for Otto Hightower. And if Agen is not the chosen, you know, is not the chosen one. Uh, what that means for him and how he will defend. like and, like, Because all of this is going to come crumbling down when Viserys dies. It, it is going to come crumbling down in a spectacular fashion. And that is probably when we get the older actors.
1: I did love being in the godswood. How come? I missed those trees with weird faces on them. Sure, why not? I love the red leaves.
2: Red leaves are great.
1: I just feel attached
2: it's like a japanese maple tree but cooler
1: i don't know it's just neat to think who do we know from game of thrones who has seen that tree who else has prayed to the that weird looking face
2: well we know that um um uh (laughs) what did the edward stark he prayed at those trees uh, we know that um, his daughter prayed at, those, prayed at those trees. So like, you know,
1: it, it's- That's what I'm saying yeah. is that we've seen those. It, I love having these landmarks brought back to us and we get to have those little moments of, of memories.
2: Are you really buying Sir Kristen Cole? Like, honestly, God, like I know we joked about it, but are you really buying this whole Sir Kristen Cole and Renera thing?
1: What about it? That they're friends? No, but like, are you,
2: are you buying it? Like, they're going to be a thing?
1: I don't know. I appreciate their friendship. I'm glad she has a friend, yeah, rather than just her DJ. <laughs>
2: and point. I like
1: because they're not they're both not what would have been chosen. Sir Kristen Cole would not have been the person ah, chosen, Gotcha. and he's been given a unique opportunity that he wants.
2: Great point.
1: Whereas Renara was given an opportunity, is, is not what everyone wants, and she has to kind of now fight for it. Like, now that he's there, I don't think that people are misjudging him. I think that he is now okay in yep. this new position, whereas Renara, as she gets closer to her new position, I mean, she already is in a new position as the heir, Um. Everyone is judging her the entire time.
2: Gotcha. I like that pull, Mary. I like that pull a lot. And, and, as a matter of fact, Sir Kristen Cole, we learn more about him in this episode, as a matter of fact. He is not from Dorne, as was ex- suspected by Renera. He is actually um, uh, from the Stormlands, and uh, his father uh, served in the Blackhaven. And he is not highborn. He would have been uh, you know, married to a common girl if not for being part of the Kingsguard. And all of that was bestowed upon him by Rhaenyra, which for her, when she says, you know, I don't have any power, everything has been stripped from me. I love when he turns back and says, I owe owe everything to you. Mm -hmm. You're the one who made this choice and you have upped my my rank in society. I'm now part of the Kingsguard, right? Like it's these subtle things that keep showing... In between these characters, that where you finally get a chance to actually latch on to Sir Kristen Cole a little yes. bit, and that's why I'm saying this is the episode I think where everything jumps off. Mm-hmm. From here, we get to where we're going. Like, it, not, like everything else that's going to happen from here until the end of uh, until the end of episode ten, all of that will matter because of what happens here, mm-hmm. no, and it's not solely contingent upon this episode like there is going to be other things that develop throughout the remainder of the season but all of it will find its roots here Uh, and now that we've finally gotten past the world building we finally got and we're not getting past it but we're we're not stuck on it we can start to see little fingers spread out
1: (laughs) two fingers to be exact. <laughs> well, we're missing two I don't fingers really. mis- Exactly. We're going to find them. You just said we're going to start to find little fingers.
2: <laughs> just little fingers everywhere. Um,
1: that's where I put them.
2: So yeah, that's that. Uh, you have anything else that you'd like to say about this episode, my love?
1: <sighs> it it was exciting. I still, I still don't love anyone.
2: Yeah, that's actually where I wanted to to go with this final portion, which is where are we with the show for you? Because I think, I think your take on the show is really important in terms of the wide audience. I think a lot of people fall where you are and it's, I I think you have a, a a, a bigger perspective on the wider audience. So where are you with this? Is it better now? Is it still the same? How are you feeling?
1: The same. I am watching it because I enjoy watching it and I have emotional investment in this world and in these families. And yeah, like you said, wow, you get to see a lion and automatically you're going to know that that's a Lannister. Mm -hmm. That's what's cool for me. But I still don't have somebody to love. I don't. I just don't. It's not Renera. She's boring. She's cool, but she's like, I don't know. Well, it's okay. She's if you don't sto- love her, it's She's fine. stoic. She's stoic. That's what she is, and she has to be, and she has to. I don't know. She puts up this. You know, it makes me think of the women who, when they go into the workplace, they feel like they have to talk lower so people believe them that they're a serious businesswoman. Sure. You know, instead of having a uh, more higher. I mean, this is. She has to change a lot of who she is because of the position she's in. So that being said, I'm not warm and fuzzy for her. Mm-hmm. And I am cheering hardcore for Damon. I still think that he's my favorite person to watch. I will yes. say that. And uh, my my sneaky little bad person, you know, we had this the last episode, you know, who am I excited for? Who am I rooting well, for? Well, I was going to get into oh, that next. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I, st- yeah, I stand by it. I enjoy it for uh, almost, almost for like the nosiness of it. Mm-hmm. It's not, okay, it is not a trashy reality TV show. It is not that. But I watch it because it makes me feel like that in the sense that I just want to know. Like I watched that really terrible show on Netflix, Love is Blind, and then Love is Blind 2. Not good. (laughs) Not good. But I want to know. You needed to know. I need to know is the super christian blonde girl who wanted the other hot guy end up real does she really end up marrying the atheist who she originally said no to? <laughs> 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 does she? I'm just I'm just interested to know. So, I'm interested so I am interested to see how things play out. So work is it the out. family
2: dynamic that's bringing you to the show or is it the action that's bringing you to the show?
1: It's Game of Thrones. Yeah. It is Westeros. It is dragons. That is what's bringing me to this show. Gotcha. I don't particularly love the score,
2: not yet. Although there was a really cool point in this episode where they altered the Targaryen theme a little bit. It almost had like a chorus feel to it, um, but it was it was different. It was during um, it was during the scene when Rhaenyra was walking back uh, with all the blood on her. It was a really cool score uh you know thematic score scoring moment um but i i'm also going to stick by my point mary that the show is it's most electric when damon is on screen yep it it just it is and there's just no way around it when when he is on screen things are happening agreed good bad ugly sad happy terrifying I don't know what's what's gonna come from that character and that's why it's good.
1: I think the other thing about my hesitancy to be attached to this show, once again, friends, I am not saying this is Jersey Shore or love is blind. I'm not, I'm here <laughs> for it. I'm enjoying it. But I think the other thing that's holding me back from being attached to anybody is I know there is going to be another time jump, you know, spoilerific friends. They have come out and said that they have, they have like a second cast for many people mm-hmm. to age them up into adult years. So, I have a difficult time every once in a while, like when we watched The Crown and the yeah. the actors change, it takes me a little while yep. to get attached to them because I don't see them as the previous person. Um, and now I have to get Damon <laughs> to not be Prince Philip. Anyway, <laughs> Damon is Damon. I'm fine with that. But what I'm saying is that part of me is a little hesitant because sure. this isn't going to be, for example, Renera. Yep. That's not going to be Renera forever, friends. Correct. Spoiler, but not spoiler because it's been out there and she's kind of been the cover image for this show. She's yes. been the big catalyst and really I'm invested more in Damon. Agreed. So that's maybe that's maybe what I'm by
2: attaching Renara to Damon because like again that's what your father has proposed and I think that's the route that they're going to go. Maybe by attaching Renara to Damon and we have that that um, that rock if you will. Uh, of that, 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 and you know, that we get to transfer our feelings from Damon to Renera and vice versa, because they'll, they'll be attached together at some point. I think that is how we can move forward with those two characters. But, but either way, Mary, I, I I think it's a fair point that you get to say that they're going to be different actors and, and yes, they're the same character, but there'll be differences. And You know, looking back, you know, Millie Alcock playing Rhaenyra is going to be a pin drop, really, Mm -hmm. when you look back at the history of House of the Dragon. So it'll be interesting. It will be. Um, All right. So let's play the game, Mary. Okay. Let's play the game. Who are you rooting for and who's the bad guy?
1: I'm rooting for Damon.
2: Oh, okay. I'm so
1: excited for him and his bloody mess and I can't wait to see what happens for him. Um, and who is my new bad guy? Yeah. Hmm. Who's going to be my new bad guy? Who's going to be my new bad guy? Gonna... Who did I say was my bad guy last time? I don't remember. Because of course I want to say Hightower. I think he's just- Otto Hightower. Yeah. You know who I'm going to pick? Yeah. Clubfoot Kid. Really? Yeah.
2: Okay. Laura Strong? Yes. Okay. I- Because
1: why are we spending time with him- and why is he going with the gossiping
2: ladies? Well, th- you see, th- now, I- I'm going to say you want to know who I'm rooting for. Tell me. I'm rooting for Laris Strong, baby. Really? Oh, yeah. Clubfoot. Give me all the Clubfoot. You want to know why? Why? He's the new Lady Whistledown. Oh. that's who he is. For all Dearest you Bridgerton, treaters. for all you Bridgerton nerds, that means he's the gossip monger. Oh, I love it. He can't walk around. He can't, you know, uh, do uh, all the the hunting stuff mm-hmm. and. You see him when he's drinking his cup of coffee or whatever he was drinking and everybody was arguing and but he's he was just,
1: eating a cookie.
2: Whatever he was eating, whatever. He's eating something he's drinking. who cares? Stats are for nerds. All I'm saying is he's just he is the wallflower. He is just on the wall looking at everybody. He might as well wear his Penelope Featherington yellow dress, okay? Because he's gathering all the information. I love it. All he does is just take in stuff and report it back to whoever. And because of that, sneaky bad guy? Lionel Strong. Wait, sneaky bad guy.
1: My favorite guy?
2: Yeah. Sneaky bad. You wanna know why? Why? Because he's taking out all that information from his brother. And he's using it to his own advantage. Oh,
1: okay.
2: That's why he's a sneaky bad guy. Okay. So they they put him off as they, they put him off as too smart. So trustworthy. Too trustworthy. So many things happening and they're pushing you in a way that all of the high towers the bad guy nope Lionel Strong sneaky bad guy call it right here right oh, now
1: I'm gonna stand by Lionel <laughs> poor thing
2: alright ready to close this bad boy out sure I am let's do it
1: Much as we said at the beginning of this episode, this has been brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. If you are on Facebook or Instagram, I would love to connect with you. All you gotta do is search the hashtag MinuteWithMary. And if you are on Facebook, I do have an exclusive Facebook group where I share all sorts of tips and tricks in regards to help you feel more confident with your makeup and skincare. And as a podcast listener, you are entitled to a discounted tube of our favorite mascara. Nice. Just go to MinuteWithMary.com. That's minutewithmary.com slash discount and we will take care of you there
2: and of course remember too when he's speaking of uh, Facebook and Instagram and all those YouTube and all those great places make sure you check out Mary and Blake on all of the social platforms and check out the special Mary and Blake Facebook group where you get to chat with all the other nerds and have a good time talking about House of the Dragon and of course our other brand new show Rings of Power and I cannot wait to have a conversation one day with you, Mary, about the differences and the dichotomy shared between Rings of Power and that's gonna be a doozy. House of the Dragon and yes. what it all means and how they are two very separate shows with the same goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, two very, very different shows, uh, which is fascinating to me. So it'll be interesting to see who, who kind of wins this uh, this battle of the, the fantasy genre. That because they're happening concurrently, right? Yeah. So they're it's inevitable they're going to be compared. It's inevitable they have to be compared against each other. So I look forward inevitable. to that. And of course, we're also remember go to jointhenerdclan.com as well. That's where you get a chance to support Mary and Blake and all the things that we're doing here at Mary and Blake Media because this is a mom and pop podcast shop. Without you at jointhenerdclan.com dot com, you. This None of this happens Absolutely none of it So please go there And you don't just go there just to go You go there and get cool stuff Like free swag And Blake's Book Club And knee-jerk reactions And early access to our podcast episodes And special time with Mary and myself And meeting with all the other nerds At jointhenerdclan.com It's a, it's a special place So don't miss out on that
1: Alright friends On that note, my name's Mary My name
2: is Blake
3: Drucker